0: Welcome to our C3 Grow podcast. Wherever you are today, we hope that this message encourages you. We'd love to see you in person at one of our three locations: Hawick, Ormiston, and Suva. Visit c3grow.org for details. Throughout this message, a disciple's light. If I say light, God is into light. Of course, the devil's into darkness, and God is into light. Boy, it's simple. It's simple. Wherever there's God, there's light. There is no shade of darkness in him. I love that. Wherever God is, there is light. And and this great scripture, um, which is probably one of the boldest declarations of Jesus in the New Testament. He said about himself in John 1, I am the light of the world. And I'm sure you all agree with that. I'm the light of the world. He he could boldly, truthfully declare that I'm the light of the world. But in Matthew five, he got, he shifts it. And he says in Matthew five, verse fourteen, you are the light of the world. I'm like, hang on, who make up your mind, who's the light? Well, the thing is, once we know Christ, we become the light of the world. And I'm like, I'm like, Jesus, do you know who you're talking to here? Do you, know, do you know us? Do you know how fickle we are? Do you know how, how unreliable we are? Do you know the church? How imperfect it is? But even still, he just boldly declares, you are the light of the world. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is too much pressure. You're the light of the world. And He goes on and says, a town built on a hill cannot be hidden. So as a church, you are, the, you are that town. You are, the, you are a city on a hill. You stand out. And God wants us to stand out, but for the right reasons. For the right reasons. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. So the light, you are a light in the church as well. So you're a light on the hill for the city, but you're a light within the church. You're a, we're, we're meant to be lights in that context. In the same way, let, let, everybody say let. Yes. Let, let. Your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Oh my gosh, what a scripture. So we're going to unpack that today. Is that okay? So light, light, so the thing is, okay, that's, I'm sure you all believe that. I believe that. I agree with that. But my question is, as you look at that scripture is, okay, if we're light, how do we become light? How how do we live out that light? What is that? So we have to take it from the ethereal, from the theoretical, from the theological into the practical. What is light? What does it mean for a disciple or believer to be light? Okay, three three simple things this morning. Number one, light is salvation. Number two, I'm going to give you all the points at once. Number two, light is revelation. So it doesn't just say salvation level, it's revelation. And number three, light is lifestyle. Light is the way we live. So the way we live can either express light or can express darkness, even as believers. Okay, so number one, light is salvation. Ready? Light is salvation. How's these for scriptures? Colossians chapter one. He has, he has uh for you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. When you meet Christ, you are actually entering into not just the kingdom of God, it is a kingdom of light is amazing for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness salvation is literally spiritually taking you from a dark kingdom into a light kingdom anybody happy about that Um, I love this scripture in in Timothy who chapter 1 who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel because the gospel is light the gospel is light and, of course, 2 Corinthians 3.16 says, Whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. When you come to Christ... See, before coming to Christ, there's a veil, there's a block. There's a thing you can't... If Christ is light, and as we look at his image, we are then conformed into that image. But prior to coming to Christ, you can't see that image. All we look at is life and problems and issues and darkness, what have you. But when anyone... I love this scripture. It says, whenever anyone... When? Whenever... Who? Anyone? I love that. Turns to the Lord. You don't have to... Just, it's just a turn. It's just a, little, just a little tilt. Just turn to the Lord. The veil is taken away at that exact moment. Years ago, 1978. I wasn't a Christian at the beginning of 70, 1978. My sister, who's eight years older than me, who is a hippie, in 60s traveled the world experimenting with everything possible came back from one of her sojourns and said i've found jesus i'm like i said all right i thought it was just another one of her trips another one of her things i said yeah all right whatever she said no i have it's real it's genuine and i saw the genuine change happen in her which hadn't happened through all her other journeys and she invited me to a meeting in Sydney, in the, in, in the middle of Sydney, in Sydney Town Hall. And it was a, the preacher was a born-again, spirit-filled Catholic priest who was a Jesuit. Now, I don't know anybody's, I was raised Catholic. So I don't, Jesuits are the guys that wear those brown habits and, and, and the hood, you know, the hood thing. Look, and I come from a Star Wars generation, <laughs> <laughs> and I was I was expecting him to turn around and see two red dots right here, you know, but no, it was just normal eyes. But anyway, he he started preaching about the love of Jesus. That's all I remember, just the love of Jesus. And I'm like, I'm like, something got me. My sister, halfway through the meeting, she didn't even wait till the end when you're meant to wait till the end, you know. But halfway through the meeting, says, and she didn't say, you know, do you believe? She said, what do you think? I'm like, I'm in. I'm in. It's like instantly the veil was taken away. I believed. And it was like light entered my heart. And I'm like, this this is amazing. Now, I'd raised in in a religious background, what have you, and I knew about God. But at that moment, something light entered my heart and faith immediately came into my spirit. Gospel is light. For some of you this morning, maybe that's never happened. Maybe, hopefully, I'm believing as I'm speaking that maybe just a glimmer, just a glimpse of light can enter into your heart. Light is revelation. Light is revelation. So light, if the gospel is light, the gospel also brings light. It, it shines light. So it's, if, if coming to Christ is light in your spirit, your spirit needs saving, but your soul needs restoring. So when we come to Christ, light comes. But then light begins to shine into our soul, into areas that God wants to help. Because salvation isn't the end of the story. It's the beginning of the story. It's the beginning of the restoration. It's, and God says, great, now I've got the light in. Let me get it real in. Let, let, me, let me begin to shine. And he, I love it. He does it gradually. He does it incrementally. He does it gently. He does it kindly. God begins to shine his light into certain areas of our lives. And that's called transformation and begins to do this. There's so many things. I love Ephesians 1 says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. And of course, that we may know him better. There's a great book. Philip Yancey is a wonderful Christian author. wrote a book called Where the Light Fell." where the light fell. And this scripture in Acts 12 is the story of Peter in jail. He's in this dark prison and says, Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell. What God does, he begins to shine light in, our, in the darkest areas of our life. In fact, the darker the area, the more the light shines in that space. God doesn't shine light in your light areas. He shines light in your dark areas. He doesn't need it in your light areas. He needs it in the dark areas. It's in your seasons of dark. My question to you today is, what is your prison? Peter was in a prison. He shines light in the prison. Where are you most imprisoned? And every one of us, right now, every single one of us have some version of prison. That may be doubt, fear, anxiety, confusion, debt, illness, family conflict, identity struggles. God wants to shine his beautiful, gracious, healing, restorative light. Guess where? Into that space. It's interesting that it says the word of God is a lamp and a light. God's word Usually, it's usually through the word of God that it happens. I love the scripture in Isaiah 45. It says, I will give you treasures hidden in darkness. It's in your darkest place that God wants to help you find the greatest treasures, the greatest breakthroughs. So I'm just going to share a couple of stories with you. I'm going to share some of my personal lights. Is that all right? Some of my darkness turned to light. Is that okay? Share a couple of stories. So years ago, uh, early days of the church, I think, and Josh was only like maybe three months old, and we drove home from church, Bernie and I and Josh in the back in the car seat. We'd pulled up our driveway at our home, and I said to Bernie, can you take Josh inside? I just want to hang in the car for a bit. Who knows? God moves in cars. (laughs) I've had some of my best prayer times in the car, you know, It's just, it's just like the old Maxwell Smart cone of silence, you know. None of you knew what I talked about But Anyway, that's all good. Um, and, and so Bernie took Josh inside, and I just sat in the car, and I just, I don't know why, I just felt like I needed just to spend some time alone meditating, thinking. And I just opened the scriptures, and just, it just sort of came open to the book of Proverbs. And one of the early Proverbs, Proverbs 4, it just says, My son... And then that's as far as I got. I got to the comma. My son, comma, and I went, oh my gosh. I just broke down. I wept for half an hour. I realized, see, I theologically I knew that God was my father. But he wanted to shine his light into that space and give me the revelation that actually, in my heart, he's my father. At that moment, I knew I was a son of God. See, the thing is, God wants us to have understanding that we are a child of God, that God is our Father. You can stop being a believer, but you can't stop being a son or daughter. And God, that, that light just beamed into that space. My father had died when I was 20. I was now 22. This, I was 22 years of age. And, and I didn't realize that there were probably a whole bunch of things going on there. But God wanted me to know that he was my father. That he wasn't just my God, my Savior, my Lord, but he was my father. And God shone in that place. That's one of the pieces of light. Now no one can convince me otherwise that God is my father. Because once light shines into an area, that's where you have revelation. That's what changes you at that point. Another time, a couple of years after that, I was... In one, I was in the first year of C3 college, uh, full-time college, 1983. And there were 11 students that year. And it was, it, was, it was a good year. It was a tough year in many ways. At the end of that year, I got really sick, really sick. My appendix had burst before they could operate on them. So I ended up in hospital. They took the appendix out, but it was too late. They'd already burst, and all my internal organs got infected and I was close to death for about a month, um, and uh, we had two small children at that point. I remember the doctor saying, "Bernie was there with Josh and Amy; they were just just toddlers." And they said to Bernie, "Oh yeah," the doctor said, "Yeah, the last guy had this. Yeah, he died. Yeah," <laughs> just very casually, you know. And I'm I'm lying there. I got. IVs and tubes and things because there was infection raging through my body. And I, was, I felt lousy. But even worse, I felt lousy within myself. I felt, I felt I'm a failure. I felt the spirit. I got condemned. I was just about to go on staff as a full-time pastor. So I felt unworthy, unqualified, condemned. I felt like, what, what, who do I think I am? This is ridiculous. You know, and I felt unspiritual, unqualified you know the thing, all the uns and i and i reluctant. i didn't feel like praying i didn't feel like reading the scriptures but i reluctantly opened the bible just like almost like yeah okay look just show me something this is, what have you and then psalm 56 verse 9 just one verse and david in a really tough time said this but this i know god is for me you might think well that's nothing special well for me it was I preached out of that message, out of that scripture for about four years because I had the revelation that God is for me. Irrespective of my circumstances, God is for me. I needed light in that space. Maybe you need light in that space right now. One thing I know, here's the deal. What's your darkness? What is your prison right now? What does God want to reveal? Where, Where does light need to shine on your life or in your life at any point in time? God is good. God is good. I remember... In that same year um, praying one day there's this, there this little back room that had a, little, a sort of a bench on it and and uh, and I, I used to just walk around this room praying and this particular day it was you know once again it was, it was a pretty challenging year because we had no money and we we're trying to make ends meet and what have you and i remember thinking and i remember praying going, oh god 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 God, oh, and i felt the holy spirit saying to me what are you doing and i, and I said to the lord i'm praying and it's like the message from heaven was like well it doesn't sound much like it from up here and so and then I, I just the scripture came to me just instantly I just read the scripture which was the exact same scripture that you quoted ben which was christ has god has seated me seated me in heavenly places that's, and it's like and I felt the holy spirit say to me pray from there right. you said worship from there well i discovered i needed to pray from there and so i got i got a i got a bench i can't i can't find something to i can't get up on here can i get up on here am i allowed up on here no I'm like i'll get up on here and 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 i felt like god said get up on the bench and now and gave me that scripture and said pray from that position Pray from a position of height and elevation and authority. Pray from above your problems, not underneath your problems. And so recognize, okay, light needed to come into that space that I, God wanted to give me a sense of my authority in Christ, which is, God is good, isn't it? God is good. So, so light is revelation. Light is salvation. Light is revelation. Number three, light is lifestyle. So the gospel is light. The gospel brings light. But here's the deal. The gospel spreads light. It spreads light through us. The gospel spreads light from us to others. I love this quote by Eric Geiger. He says this, As God's people, they would strive to live according to the image of God and in doing so bring light and life to those around them in kindness, justice and goodness. The gospel in the church means that it spreads light. The world's looking at the church. And of course, as we live, the way we live will determine whether we actually represent the gospel, represent that light, or we don't. This is some of the great pressure on us as believers, but I believe it's a good pressure. I remember the world is in a dark place. I remember last time I was in New Zealand, I was staying in a hotel was just a few months ago, I was on a running machine, you know, you have the, they have the, the uh, TV screens in front of you, typically with the news playing, and um, this is before a meeting, I'm running, I'm like, and the more I watched this news program, the more depressed I got, and the more I think I slowed down running, I'm like, <laughs> it was just one problem after another. Banking crisis, climate crisis, education crisis. And that was just in Auckland. <laughs> the world's a mess. The world's a mess. It's, it's in darkness, what have you, but it's now time for the church to shine. And not necessarily in those, in, in those spaces, but as we live a certain way, then people will be attracted to the light that's in the community that's in this place. Who believes that, anyone? I love this, the scripture in Ephesians. It says, live as children of light. Yeah. I love that. Live. Everybody say live. live. <laughs> it's not just believe as or pray as. Live as. Yes. Live as children of light. Yes. What does that look like? Well, here's one scripture, which I, I don't like the scripture. I'm going to read the scripture, but I don't like it. Yes. Why? Because it's too challenging. Philippians 2 says this. You ready? Do everything. Everybody say everything. Everything. Do everything without grumbling or arguing. How are we doing so far? (laughs) Who failed this morning? You're nodding? I did. I failed. I failed. Do everything without grumbling or complaining. What's this? So that. Everybody say, so that. (laughs) So he joins the imperative with a reason. So that, watch this, you may become blameless and pure. Mm. Children of God, watch this, without fault, in a warped and crooked generation. Yeah. Sounds pretty familiar, doesn't it? Yeah. Like right now. Then you will shine, like, shine among them like stars in the sky. Yes. Oh my gosh. I thought living like a, like a light as a believer was like living in this place of incredible high of faith where I'm, I'm literally floating three feet off the ground and everything I pray for just gets happened and I shuck up a lundi my way through every street. No, it's just, just don't, don't complain or argue. Just don't complain or argue. And you'll shine like stars. Why? Because it's so different. That's all God's looking for. It's, you stand out. By our approach to life, our approach to people. I remember um, years ago, we were visiting New York after we'd left New York, visiting back, and I rented a car online a month in advance. Gave them plenty of warning. Went to pick up the car this particular morning, and I walked into the rental office, and I wasn't even in the, I was just at the door walking in and the uh, young lady who's, who's the administrator, the manager there, saw me and says, this is exactly what she said. Hey, baby, <laughs> I got no cars. I'm like, oh are you talking to me? Like, and yeah. just shouted out, hey, baby, it's real New York. You know, cause every time in New York, you have to have a New York experience. <laughs> and it happens easily, you know, naturally. You know. Hey, baby, I got no cars. And, and I'm like, oh, okay. And, she, and then I walked closer to the counter and she said, well, actually, we're, there's some flood in South Carolina and all the cars are gone down there and nobody's got the cars. Well, there were about eight people in the, in the office all who got the same message that I did. They were fuming. They were furious. And, and every, like, 60 seconds, one of them would get up there and just abuse her and just just absolutely tear strips off her and how dare you and of course she had nothing to do with it she's got it's not her fault and so I said okay I mean I was upset but I didn't say anything (laughs) I just said okay all right. well how long do you think it'll take for something to say I said I'm not sure I'm like okay I said I'll just wait I'll just wait so maybe every 20 minutes or so we walk up and say hey how's it going Any, any like how are you doing you doing okay? And she said, yeah, whatever. And then then some other person came up. I saw these two guys just absolutely tear strips off her and just demean her and demolish her with her, their words. And I come up and go, Hey, you doing? Any cars? And how are you doing? And, and after about another, maybe half an hour, she goes. <laughs> so I go up to the counter. She says, I've got you a car. She said, You're so nice. You're so patient. I've got you a sick upgrade. (laughs) And I'm going to give you a sick deal. And she said, Don't tell anyone. (laughs) She said, It's around the back in the garage. I'd ordered a compact. I came up there, and there was this Lincoln town car, like. I was like driving out to uh, Long Island, this thing. I'm telling you, the way we live our lives, the way we treat the people, every little encounter matters. People are watching us as we, we do life. You'll feel like complaining and groaning, but I'm telling you, light is a lot more accessible than we realize it is, and we affect You can affect so many people through this situation the way we live we are light as we live as people of faith people of love people of grace people of kindness people of of justice and we bring this into because those works so you know that in the house of god the glory of god comes through worship this morning was there it was obvious worship in the community the glory of god is expressed through works which sometimes we're trying to take worship out in the streets no, no 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 we take kindness out into the streets we take good works out into the streets not to get salvation but from salvation that's what the world's looking for it's looking for love and kindness and for us to make some difference we carry social justice we carry rightness what, what is wrong, we make right. What is ugly, we make beautiful. What is what is cruel, we make kind. That is the light of God. Out what do you reckon? Who's ready to shine? Come on, C3 Grow, who's ready to shine? Thanks for listening. We hope this message has blessed you. For more information about our church, you can find us online at c3grow.org.